And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Arthur Staple. Welcome back to No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Special trade deadline edition today, joined by AJ Maletsko, uh, today a trade expert in addition to all of your other expertise. <laughs> how's it, go- how's it we'll going, go AJ? <laughs> it's good. I'm not sure that I will uh, own the expert uh, tag there, but always good to join you and always good to talk Islanders. Well, it'll open up a whole new area of expertise for you, believe me. Um, <laughs> we are several weeks from the trade deadline, which is weird to be talking about it. But I think with quarantine rules and all kinds of cap uh, shenanigans that are going on, it feels like the right time to talk about it. We've certainly been featuring it a lot on the site in, uh, of late. And uh, if anyone wants to check out the site, I just posted something about 25 possible trade targets for the Islanders. There's certainly more guys than I listed that are that are going to be available. There's a lot of teams that seem to be in the sell mode already. The Islanders are definitely in buy mode, however. Uh, going into tonight's game in Washington, nine straight wins. Uh, I believe it's 16-2-4 in their last 22 games um, since the last time they were in Washington. And the fact that this weekend, this past weekend, where they swept uh, all six points from the Devils uh, in three games, and there was a lot of stuff going on around those games, most notably, Anders Lee suffering what seemed to be a pretty major injury in the game on Thursday. Um, so before we get into trade talk and who they might get, uh, AJ, when you saw that happen and kind of saw the resulting put him on long-term injured reserve uh, soon after, made an announcement that he's out indefinitely, it's certainly the talk around the team seemed to be they're not going to have their captain for a long time. And what does that mean? That's terrible news. You know, I think the Islanders are built for in terms of the next man up mentality. There's no question that they have the depth uh, that people are starting to see all across the league. Um, And they have people that can step up and they, but on the flip side of that, you've got somebody who has worn the seat for the last couple of years. And he really does embody the leader that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello want for this team. Uh, they do have a big leadership crew and Barry Trotz has said that too. When you look up and down the guys that are wearing the A's and, and even just that core group that's been around for a while. So I don't think anybody's panicking, but I also don't think when you're, when you're looking at this, you lose somebody like Anders Lee, who's big. Uh, he's got, he's got size in front of the net. He loves that net front, right? He does a great job there on the power play plays on that top line wing. He certainly found his scoring touch a little bit this year, as opposed to how he started last year. Um, and, but more importantly, as, as you mentioned, he's the leader that, that intangible, that's a really, really big deal. So that's a tough loss. You hate seeing that you take those points and, you know, it's hard when you have the Islanders on such a run like this. And yet we're talking negative, right? I mean, it's how fun is it to talk about a team that's the top of their division and on this crazy win streak, but you've just got to look at all the pieces as they move forward too. Yeah, it's. I, I think the biggest, really, you know, and, and it was quite a strange coincidence because I had just posted a story that day, uh, talking to Anders a bit and talking to his new trainer out in Minnesota who uh, had worked with him on on maybe on getting some more agility into his game. You know, he's a big guy who was never really 
seen as a great skater, but he's a guy that isn't just a guy that stands in front of the net and scores goals anymore, if if he really ever was that a few years ago. He's out there in five-on-six situations. Um, if he didn't play that much power play, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Barry used him as a penalty killer from time to time. He's become a very 200-foot player, which has not only made him better and kind of brought him back to that, that high level of goal scoring, I think, but it's it's made Matthew Barzal a better player because I don't think Anders Lee is a guy who's who can't keep up with him anymore. And I think that's going to be an underrated part of, of missing him is that this is a guy who's not just a complete person because he's such a good captain, but has become a, a real complete player at age 30. Well, and, and you mentioned Matt Barzell, right? The way that they've played together, they started the season with Everly on their wing and then they had a, had a little stint there with Bailey up on their wing and then Everly's back. Uh, and they, But the chemistry between Barzell and Lee and whoever they're with seems pretty solid. So you're absolutely right. That's a, that is a big loss. You know, you mentioned his skating. And one thing I thought was really interesting is that was something that he focused on during quarantine, during that shutdown last spring and summer leading up to the bubble playoffs. And then again, in this other sort of weird uh, off season we had in the fall that he worked with a skating coach and he really did work on that agility and you can see it. And, and one of the things he said, it was his, his fitness too, his endurance out there. He can stay out longer. And we all know Matt Barzell is an iron lung. He can stay out there forever and ever. He still, you know, will stay out longer than most people. Um, but when you've got a, an Anders Lee now who can keep up both in those sprints and also just in terms of playing those three zones, the back checking, all that stuff. I agree with you. I think that that's, that's a really good point too, that the fact how he's made his game much more complete. And just before we get to players on other teams that might be interesting, the Islanders plug in, like you said, next man up. And it was Kiefer Bellows who really was, uh, if there is a Barry Trotz doghouse, Kiefer Bellows was in it after the last time he appeared about a month ago. Um, but he got his chance on the top line and lo and behold, two goals in about a four minute span in the third period to to turn a 2-1 deficit on Saturday against the Devils into a 3-2 win. And then a goal that goes in off his arm uh, in the first couple minutes on Sunday, and they end up winning 3-2 in a shootout. Um, so three goals in two games for Kiefer Bellows, who's, who I think already even his brief NHL career and his AHL career has been a pretty streaky scorer. Um, it, it's great that the Islanders can do that, can have that next man up mentality. Do you think that Kiefer Bellows could be a long-term solution for them in that top six role? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned it. He has been streaky. So that's going to be an interesting one to see how he does at this level. And and maybe that little you just slap on the wrist that Barry Trotz gave him after the game that he had a couple weeks ago, maybe that was all he needed to focus and, and sort of turn it around and find some of that consistency and find that grit and that work, right? And, and there are some people that do respond to that, that, that they want to prove somebody wrong, you know, and I'm impressed with the way that he did that. I think a lot of people could take that and curl up into a ball and lose their confidence and try to figure out, you know, which end is up after something so public and a very uncharacteristic Barry, uh, the way that he, he did that in that post-game press conference. So I was really impressed with Kiefer Bellows that he's turned around and used that as motivation from what it looked like fuel to get there and then come into the lineup and for the captain, no less, you mentioned it, score those two goals, score a goal. You know, I think you and I were texting too. We were laughing that if a week ago you had told me there was going to be a goal Bellows from Ajo, I would have not understood <laughs> what you were talking about, but how great is that? The, these two players that haven't Ajo hasn't played in 
two years and Bellows has just had a couple opportunities and they are on the score sheet first in a really important time of the game too. So, uh, you know, I was impressed with him. Can he become one of the top six regular forwards? Maybe he certainly has the nose for the net. I, I think that, that his youth and his inexperience, that's, can he turn that into consistency? And that's the big question mark. If you're asking me, I, I don't know. My gut tells me that that streakiness is going to continue. So strike while the iron's hot. If you catch him on a streak, roll with it. And then, you know, then maybe be prepared to, to roll him out when you, if you have somebody else to put in there. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. You know, and I think some of the, some of the areas of his game that need work were also on display on Sunday. He kind of, you know, he was the he was the forward that was a little bit low in the D zone, kind of forgot to curl back around on Yegor Sharangovich, who ended up scoring with a lot of room in the high slot to tie that game on Sunday. And I don't think Bellows saw a lot of shifts after that, certainly didn't see any in overtime. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, it's not just about having a veteran guy versus a young guy. It's about having a guy who knows the details of his game and knows to be alert and when you're you know, when you're the third guy uh, with the 2D down on the net front, you got to be aware of guys peeling, you know, your forward peeling off a little bit high and all of a sudden it ends up in the back of your net. Sometimes you don't get a second chance to to correct that mistake. So, well, and Arthur, uh, it's when you bring that up, it's an interesting point too, because look at Wallstrom, right? Look at where he is right now and how settled he looks and yeah. obviously scoring some big goals. But at the beginning of the season, we were sort of having the same conversation about him. Is he going to make these defensive zone mistakes? Is he going to be reliable? And under with Barry Trotz, he's been able to fit and playing with Pajot. You and I have talked about that, right? He sort of figured out that game. So if Bellows is given a regular shift and if he's given, you know, these mentors to look to and if he's given Barry Trotz's system, then maybe he can also figure out that game and not have those defensive lapses. We'll go back to the show in a second. But first, I just want to mention that March Madness is here. And starting today, Tuesday, March 16th, the Athletics College Basketball Crew brings you the Ding You presented by BetMGM. They'll cover all of the action, both on the court and at the sports book, grabbing insight from the Athletics College basketball writers and picking the brain of BetMGM's top bookmakers. Don't miss the first four preview shows streaming live on the Daily Ding YouTube page tomorrow, that's Wednesday, March 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern, or on the Daily Ding's feed wherever you get your podcasts shortly after they're done streaming. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, well, now we're getting to the exciting part that everybody's tuned in for, which is we've got some mail. You've got mail. And the mail has to do with the trade deadline. There's a lot of guys uh, that are potentially available. Now, we we say this trade deadline talk with so many qualifiers. The pandemic has still kind of uh, crippled a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the trade situations, I think. Um, it's crippled a lot of finances for a lot of teams. The Islanders may not even be in a situation where they want to add actual salary. And I think that 
is a factor that may make this a very quiet deadline, not just for the Islanders, but for other teams. But I tend to think because Anders Lee is out, because the team is leading the division, because Lou Lamarillo is not a guy who's ever been afraid to go for it, uh, and this is a year where it looks like the Islanders could win a Stanley Cup, I think he's going to add. And I think a lot of fans think he's going to add. So a couple of the first names that have popped out on on Twitter, players that, that fans want. Uh, the first one is someone we saw a lot of last week is Kyle Palmieri, who plays for the Devils. He's pending unrestricted free agent. Uh, a pretty solidly built top six winger, plays on the power play, uh, has been a regular 20-goal scorer. He's struggled a lot this season. But um, if, if you're looking at guys to fill one of those top-line roles, like we said, he's a right wing, but you know the kind of fluid situation with the Islanders and their top six wingers. Um, is he a guy, AJ, that you say when you look at him and say, if, if this, if that, if all of these situations fall into place, is that a guy you want to add for the stretch run in the playoffs? Yeah, I like I like him. I like how he would fit into the lineup. I think that you know another person that um, that people are talking about is Taylor Hall. I sure. do tend to like Palmieri a little bit more. I mean, I, he's a he's his salary is a little bit less too, um, but he just the way that he plays, the fact that he's a little bit more of a utility player. Um, he obviously can score goals this year. He's not scoring a lot, but I don't think anybody in the devils is scoring a lot of goals. Um, so, you know, I think that that's to me, the fact that he can play in all situations makes him an appealing target. Um, you know, I don't know what he would require Lou to give up. And I think that's obviously the big question mark and that's what, what Lou looks at. But in terms of just the, who Kyle Palmieri is, I like, I like him as a fit for the Islanders. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Hall, kind of that those are the really the two pending UFAs that are kind of one, two on on most people's trade boards where you look at ours on the Athletic or TSN. They're the guys that that most seemingly would, would be on the move. And does that mean that they'll commandeer a first round pick in response? Not necessarily. I mean, even you think about the Taylor Hall trade from New Jersey to Arizona a couple of years ago, they got a first, but it was a whole mess of like very mid-level picks and prospects. It wasn't just Let's give you our first, which is guaranteed to be a lottery pick. The difference also for the Islanders is that they're on all likelihood going to pick in the 20s somewhere this year, high teens, low 20s, depending on how it finishes out in the playoffs. And given the lack of time to evaluate uh, players, they're not moving the draft. It's going to be in July. Um, nobody knows who really the, the number one pick is. There's no consensus like there's been in recent years. There's barely even a consensus top 10, and much less you get into the 20s. It's a real crapshoot. So if the Islanders are in a mood to give up their first round pick, and we know Lou is usually willing to do that, if it's going to be the 24th or 25th overall pick, who the hell knows who that's going to be? There's no there's no guarantee because they've had so little time to evaluate. So I think from the cost standpoint, two second round picks, which you know the Islanders got for Devon Taves from, from Denver or from, from Colorado rather, so they do have some extra assets to work with. If you hold on to those, because one of them is 2022, and you might want to have more picks because you have more evaluation time in theory, um, maybe the first round pick this year is something you'd be willing to give up. And if that's the cost for a Taylor Hall or even for a Kyle Palmieri, if there's a bidding war, um, if I'm Lou, I'm doing that right now because what you have going with your team right now seems to be something pretty good. And what you'd have at the 24th or 25th pick in a weird pandemic year might not be as good. You know, and I think that it's interesting, too, if you look at the, what Lou looks for is also um, uh, sort of that chemistry, that piece that's in the locker room and what, and that was the big thing. And you and I have talked about it, bringing in Pajot last year at the deadline. It was so important that he was a locker room guy. He was the kind of guy that was going to fit in 
on and off the ice. And that, that would be maybe one of his question marks about Taylor Hall. The fact that he's had to jump teams a couple times. I don't think that Lou likes it when he, when you're looking at a player, depending on why that's happened. Right. But if you have the way that, that Hall's been going, you know, in terms of that New Jersey heading out to Arizona, heading to, um, to Buffalo, that's where I think somebody like Kyle Palmieri and the fact that he's, you know, could kill penalties. Not that that's, as you mentioned, Anders Lee doesn't do that, although he could, um, I do think that that bringing him in either of those guys, obviously Islanders fans would be excited about, but I just, something tells me that if you're looking solely at those two, Paul Mary would be somebody that Lou would look for. Yeah. And I, and I think you factor that in too, if, if, you know, Paul Mary's cap hit might be low enough that you could bring in a, a, a bottom six guy for very little cost as a penalty killer. Um, you know, I, I listed a couple guys like that, a guy like Matt Nieto out in San Jose, who's making the league minimum and is, is a speed skater, does have some offense and kills, kills penalties a lot. Um, you know, you could even think of a guy like Valtteri Filppula, who's a, who's a former Islander, who's a little bit past his prime now in Detroit, but is also on the taxi squad there and was a very good penalty killer for the Islanders. If you think about that, that sort of situation and it's, you know, these, these proposals are all kind of conditional on one another. Uh, I think one of the things the Islanders will try to do at this trade deadline is if they're going to give up a first-round pick, maybe another an asset in terms of a, a, one of their better prospects, they're going to try to package one of the contracts that they've got that spills over into next year, whether it's Leo Komarov, who's not really playing very regularly now, Thomas Hickey, who hasn't played at all. Um, I think that would be you know that would be a, a focus for Lamarillo. Just because you want to get the guy, you want to get the the biggest piece of that deal back, but also you're not just looking at this season right now and trying to win a Stanley Cup. They're going to be in a cap crunch again next season, uh, so next off season is going to be a wild one. And if they can shed another contract, uh, you know, probably not something when we're talking about chemistry. You know, Uncle Leo is Uncle Leo. He's he's as well liked as anybody in that room, but um, but sometimes the financial factors play a big part. Yeah, they do. And you look at, I mean, obviously the. You're talking about Val Philpola. He was somebody that was very well liked. Barry Trotz really liked him. The Swiss Army knife, right? He could do everything. Um, and and Devon Taves, they loved him, right? But there's just this is a business at the end of the day. For those of us that are fans of the game, it's sometimes tough to remember that that there's they have to make business decisions. It's not about the person. It's not about the player necessarily. I mean, I guess it's more about the player, but it's not about the person. So they do like these guys. You know, you look at some of these others. What's what I will be interested now that Lee is on LTIR, how Lou goes about looking at the forwards again, whether he's looking at um, a score really like, you know, and I, I saw some people talking about Forsberg who's coming in and, you know, as you were talking about, there's contracts that spill over or is he looking, staying at the Predators? You, you are great article, by the way, anyone listening, go to The Athletic and read this article. Arthur did a fantastic job. Granlund was another one that you threw out there, and he's had a great season down with the Preds, and he plays a way that I can see Barry Trotz really liking, just his grittiness, doing everything, not necessarily putting up a lot of points, but he's one of those players that just brings a ton of energy um, and could be, could be a good fit in the lineup. So, you know, again, is he looking for uh, a, a real top-line scoring winger or is he looking for somebody just to basically fill that next man up mentality whoever goes down i need that swiss army knife to jump in yeah we have gotten a lot of philip forsberg uh requests uh i guess <laughs> you could call it and uh and forsberg is probably you know that's maybe neck and neck with taylor hall and certainly for this season although nashville's had a disastrous season uh much like buffalo has had um 
And if Forsberg is available, he's got another year left at $6 million, I believe, is the cap hit. Um, that's going to be a bear to, to fit in. You'd have to think that uh, any immediately, you know, any NHL-ready asset that the Islanders could give up would have to go back the other way. And to me, that says Anthony Beauvillier, who is a guy who's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. And that brings up an interesting wrinkle to this conversation that we're kind of chasing through the trade deadline maze here, which is about chemistry. And Anthony Beauvillier's not had a great year scoring-wise. He's got three goals right now. He missed some time with an injury. He's certainly not on pace to be the guy that uh, that came out of the gate flying in the in the playoff bubble and really came into his own uh, over the summer. So if you know you're going to owe him a big raise in, this, in the offseason, are you willing to trade him and possibly a first-round pick for a guy like Forsberg where you know that this guy's a proven scorer, you know he's a top-line guy, he's got a ton of skill, he's succeeded on a team that's been very defense-first for a lot of years in Nashville, and you have the cost certainty for next year, so you know what you're dealing with. Uh, those are those are questions that are above both of our pay grades, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you to put your GM hat on now, AJ, and say, if you could make a deal, Anthony Beauvillier and your first-round pick for Philip Forsberg, do you do that in the middle of the season? You know, I, I actually would, um, which yeah. surprises me a little bit, only because I'm not I, – I, if I were a GM, and I'm clearly not cut out to be a G- GM – um, I, I don't, th- I don't see myself as being a risky GM. Um, and I don't know that that's really risky, but I, I think fans of Anthony Bavillier would be actually fans of the Islanders. He's a fan favorite. They all are right. I mean, he's a great guy. He's really good with us in the media. He's got to talk about energy speed. There's a lot that he brings and he is a known quantity, uh, but you probably can get a lot back from because he's young. Whereas Phil Forsberg, as you said, he succeeded on a team that's pretty much a dumpster fire this year. And yet he also has some playoff experience back in 2017. He was on that team that went to the Stanley cup final against, um, uh, Pittsburgh that year. And, you know, had a deep run and has had, had success on that team. He's got incredible skill. He's really strong. Um, so there is a lot, you know, you throw him up on that line with Matt Barzell and see what they can do. That's sort of an interesting, interesting concept. Um, obviously, you know, it's, you talk about that first round pick, maybe not being as big a factor this year too. Um, so yeah, I, I would do it. I don't know. Would you? <laughs> um, I think I would. I think I would. I'm, I'm more in the chemistry to the, you know, I favor the chemistry. I, it's such an intangible and it's a word that gets thrown around a lot, but I feel like with this team, it's really paramount to, to their success. They need to have the guys around the, around them that they like, that, that are receptive to the coaching staff's message, that are receptive to the Lou Lamarillo uh, culture. Um, and when you bring in a guy as good as Forsberg is, you don't know if it's going to be a fit. You know, I think you look at at some of those big deadline moves in recent years, like Taylor Hall from Jersey to Arizona. Did it really put Arizona over the top? Not really. They did make the playoffs, but he wasn't a huge factor for them. Um, and he certainly didn't stay around. So, you know, yeah, it it would give you some pause because you know you've got Bavillier at age 23. Um, even at a big raise off of what he's making now, is it going to be four and a half, five million for a few years? Uh, if he's a 35 goal scorer in a few years and he's making five million, you're going to be kicking yourself a lot if you're the Islanders and you've given him up. So um, I'd say tentatively, yes. I'm certainly not as on board as you are. So uh, I, I like a GM who can at least be bold and make the decisions and stick by them. <laughs> Well, I would say that it is above both our pay grade and that is why we don't get paid the big bucks. So we can sit here and kick the can and talk about it. But, you know, like you say, it's just looking down the line, what's going to happen. And, and, you know, the other thing though, is if you look at a player that you've traded away down 
down the line and they've had success, you may be kicking yourself, but maybe it's because they've had success in a different system too, right? And I do think that Barry Trotz does a very good job with a lot of different style of players. Um, but when you're t- talking about that locker room, I, from what I know, Philip Forsberg has, has been very well liked in Nashville by fans and players alike too. So I know that Lou looks into all of that and makes sure with all of that, that this is somebody with character uh, along with skill, whether, and not just talking about Forsberg, whoever he brings in. And again, I mentioned Pajot, that was a big deal. And that's why they were willing to turn around that same day and sign him to a long-term deal, long-term deal is because they knew that his character would, would hold up. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, well, we've got more mail. You've got mail. And it just keeps coming in. You guys are great about the trade deadline stuff. Everyone's very keen to it. Um, Another name that was mentioned, and we talked, we we dropped Val Philpola, who I don't really think is a is a candidate for the Islanders to bring back. Uh, his cap hits a little bit high to kind of use up, and and just to clarify, I know everybody read it already on our site, and they're well versed in salary cap uh, and long term injured reserve uh, technical terms, but. The Islanders did put Anders Lee on long-term injured reserve, which means they can use his $7 million cap hit without being punished for going over the cap. They're already into LTIR, having put Johnny Boychuk on there at the beginning of the season. Uh, So now they can just add Anders Lee's $7 million cap hit on top of Boychuk's, and that's the, you know, the the cap space adjusts from day to day, depending on who's up and who's on the taxi squad. But basically, they've got an extra $7 million and change to play with. Taylor Hall makes $8 million. So you'd have to make the the cap hit work, but really there's no one else that would eat up the entire thing and possibly go over it that they'd be considering, at least as far as we know. Anyway, so I've been asked too about uh, defensemen, and it leads into uh, something that happened over the weekend. Noah Dobson took warm-ups on Sunday, disappeared, came back out, I think, for the national anthem, and then was pulled off the bench in Newark because of a COVID protocol issue. Um... Sebastian Ajo, who had taken his gear off from warm-ups, I believe uh, for Sebastian Ajo, that was whatever, 29 straight warm-ups without getting in a game. And then you factor in the last couple of years. I, I calculated out. It was 1,092 days since he last played an NHL game. Um, yeah, a lot. And he's been up <laughs> for a lot. lot of that. He's been up and not playing for a lot of that time. So he was taking his gear off, as he normally does. And they came in and said, nope, put it back on. You're playing. And he came right out. Second shift. Throws a puck at the net that goes off Kiefer Bellows and in for a point. Had a giveaway that uh, helped lead to the tying goal, but um, all in all, I think given the circumstances, he did okay. Now, having said all that, uh, 
the Islanders had never hadn't shown any interest. Barry Trotz hadn't shown any interest in putting Aho or Thomas Hickey, who's also on the taxi squad, in for a game. He kept those top six together, and if Noah Dobson can get off the COVID list in a, sh- a short space of time, he'll be back in. So um, the Islanders aren't really confident, it seems, in their defense depth. To me, that says they might want to bring somebody in. There's not there's not a lot of big names. I think probably the biggest name that you'd think of is Brandon Montour, who's in Buffalo, who's on a decent sized contract and is a good player, but um, you know, I think they'd be purely looking for low-cost rentals there. Someone did mention Matthias Eckholm. We were talking about Nashville and how bad they've been. Um, you know, Eckholm, to me, is a guy that you put right in in your top four, and he plays 22 to 23 minutes a night, no questions asked. Given that the Islanders have Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock to fill that top pair role, is it worth expending pretty major assets, I would think, because there's going to be a lot of teams in on Matthias Eckholm, to get him for this year and just one more year uh, and then you kind of make your make your bed with with Nick Letty, who's also you know fills that same kind of spot as the, kind of the second pair lefty. Is that is that something that you think is worth upsetting the apple cart that much for with this team? I do not. I really like Eckholm. I really like the way he plays. Um, I, which again begs the question. I, I've mentioned uh, several players that I really like down in Nashville. How they are as bad as they are this year, I don't understand. I know. Yossi and uh, Ellis are out right now, but still it doesn't make any sense to me. I like Eckholm. I think he is going to beg a high price, right. Yeah. At, during this free, this, uh, this, uh, sorry, trade deadline. So I don't, I don't see Lou doing that when what he is looking for is depth defenseman, especially depending on what he does up front, right. If he needs to take a lot of, a lot of his resources and put it towards a top wing scorer, or even a really effective, you know, middle six type of player. Um, I think defense wise, to your point, Pelic and Pollock are his top shutdown D pair, right? There's no question about that. You and I have talked about the struggles of Letty and Mayfield, but they've been serviceable and I feel like they've been, they've done their job. Um, and then you've got Andy Green and Noah Dobson done a great job. The Islanders, by the way, are the only team in the league that up until Sunday, was it Sunday? Up until Sunday, yeah. uh, um, Ajo played, we're the only team in the league that had only dressed 60 for every game of the season, which is crazy. And that did give me, and I think I even said it last week on the pod, that that gives me, that made me a little nervous because something like this could happen. And then he throws Sebastian Ajo in and with zero experience and his nerves are going, he did a great job, but um, they need a depth D. So I don't see Eckholm being the answer. He's almost, he's almost more than they need. I mean, obviously no. he'd be great. Everyone would take him, but he, he's, it's not worth that price. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, seeing a couple other names when we're talking about, as we mentioned in the previous segment, you, you can get a, a top six winger that's probably not that's not Taylor Hall, and then have a little bit of money left over if you want to get a bottom six guy. And I think that Michael Dalcall spot on the third line on the left wing, he wasn't even in la- on Sunday. Leo Komarov came in for him. It's been a bit of a black hole, you know. Dalcall has played very well, um, given you know how he has kind of matured along the way. But playing very well and producing are two different things. And he hasn't really produced, still doesn't have a goal, doesn't have a ton of shots on net either. Um, so you could certainly see a situation where they get, they go out and they make a commitment to get a top six guy, whether it's a Palmieri, shoot for the moon and get Taylor Hall. A guy I like a lot, if he's available, is uh, Nick Felino in Columbus, who's their captain. He's a veteran guy. He kind of is the closest thing character-wise to Anders Lee that might be out there, but we'll see what Columbus is going to do because they are still in in the playoff hunt out there. Um, but you'd make that kind of top six acquisition. And then 
you either bump Kiefer Bellows down to that third line spot and hope that he can continue to produce not playing with Matthew Barzal, or you go out and you get somebody else. And a name that is kind of on the reunion front is, is Derek Broussard, who's in Arizona. They're kind of fading from the picture a little bit out there in the playoffs. He's on a one-year deal. He's still doing what he normally does, which is score a few goals, contribute a few assists, play on the power play, does what he does. He's he's a guy that everybody knows and likes already since he was here last year. Um, that to me is, you know, for a fourth, third or fourth round pick, whatever, uh, when you can get a known quantity uh, at the deadline, that seems to me to be kind of a Lou move where he's gone back to guys that he's had before and liked, uh, you know, and, re- and kind of added, reintroduced them to the mix. And, you know, Derek Broussard was well-liked. You know, I think for fans, they wanted a little more out of him when he came in at the beginning of the season last year. Um, I think they expected maybe a little more out of him. Um, and he bounced a little bit between center and wing, and he played both sides of the wing. Uh, he was good in the, good on the draws. Um, so, But I do think that he plays the system well. So the expectation, I think, for Barry would not be for him to come in and produce a ton of goals. Great if he does. But the expectation is that he would come in and he wouldn't make any mistakes defensively. And right. that almost is more important, right? So to your point, that does seem, that feels like a, a loo move. But there's no question. I agree with you on that, that, hey, I know this guy. It's, I mean, that, that is no, that is a very low risk popul- um, uh, possibility there for Lou to do that. And speaking of low risk, we'll just, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this since the news kind of came out this morning. Uh, Honors fourth round pick from 2016, I believe, Anatoly Goloshev, who's been a forward in the KHL in, in uh, Ekaterinburg for, I think, the last seven seasons, had his contract terminated with that team uh, earlier today. And by all accounts, he's going to sign with the Islanders. We don't know when it's going to happen. He's still got to come over from Russia. He's got to quarantine or pass tests. Um, he doesn't speak the language. He's got to get acclimated. All the stuff that Ilya Sorokin went through. Goloshev has to go through in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of a season, but he would be eligible to play by all accounts, and he would be on a one year entry level deal, um, which wouldn't cost them very much. That is an interesting proposition to kind of solve. Either I don't know if it's a, if it's a problem that needs to be solved, or it's just another guy that you can have that you have the rights to. Um, and Lou has definitely shown with how he treated Josh Hosang in the offseason that if we have we can keep a guy and he might be able to help us, we're going to keep him because the, the the prospect pool is not too rich on the wing. Um, so this is a guy that almost nobody knows about. Uh, he's been in, in the KHL for a long time. He played a little bit with Pavel Datsuk uh, in the last couple of years on his team, um, but not a, a huge scorer by any means. If you bring a guy in that way um, – you know, it's it happens so rarely, and obviously with Sorokin and all of the all of the you know the the kind of craziness around him signing on before the bubble last year and not being able to play because the rules were still being ironed out. Um, you know, this is essentially a trade deadline acquisition, but it's a guy that you've already drafted, and and it's an unknown. But like we were talking about, everybody's pretty much an unknown when it comes to the Islanders. So you know, do you see <laughs> Galashev not knowing anything about him, where you just bring a guy in and say? Maybe we'll maybe if we can't strike a deal, this is a guy that we could just plug right in. Yeah, and that's the hope, right? I mean, that's the best case scenario, sort of this unexpected windfall that this guy that we drafted years ago sort of fell off the radar, uh, at least for us. Maybe not, maybe who knows? Lou probably had his finger on the pulse the whole time. <laughs> um, but he was, um, he was, um, very much. He, you know, figuring it all out that, uh, that that's something, somebody that he needed to keep, stay focused on maybe, or maybe not. And and then they cancel his contract. He comes in 
and he lights the world on fire. I think the hard part for him is that he's coming into a system and a game that is different than the KHL. It's a different size rink. Um, there's all that. But then you, you mentioned the Sorokin thing and you've got, uh, you know, somebody there who can sort of help him and maybe speed up the, the, the ability to basically ingratiate himself into the team and into the culture and all of that stuff. So I don't know because I know nothing about him, but I'm excited. I'm really excited about the prospect and it gives, gives a little bit of depth, give him a little bit of time. I guess that's going to be the quest. That would be the question I have. How much time do they give him? You know, we, you and I have talked about the long leash that he gives to different players, veterans, but the, the rookies or the unknowns really don't get that long a leash. So this guy's coming over from the KHL. How much time do they give him to adjust to the systems over here? I don't know. That's, that'll be interesting to see. Well, boy, we had a lot go on in the last <laughs> week, and we talked about a lot. I, th- I think the bottom line everybody should know is that AJ would dump Anthony Beauvillier. In a <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Don't say it. That's <laughs> horrible. No, I wouldn't. No, no. no, no. That's, only, that's only, unfair. Only if it brought back Philip Forsberg. Yeah. I should just qualify that. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, thanks, AJ. Terrible. Was- I'm going to get hammered on Twitter <laughs> for that. I'm a big Anthony Beauvillier fan. I love him on the Islanders. I just, you know, this is why I'm not a GM. I, I could never, ever cut it, I don't think. Okay, well. Uh, That's the only but- reason. Otherwise, I'm sure <laughs> people would sign me up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, we played GM for a bit. Thanks, everybody, for all the, the suggestions. And thank you, AJ, for uh, for playing along. Trade deadline is always a fun time of year, and uh, it's good to have fun with it. We'll see what happens. It's exciting, and let's, let's hope the Islanders keep on rolling. They are a lot of fun right now. That's right. There's also games to talk about. They'll play tonight. (laughs) They've got a tough week. We'll get to it all next week. Also, with a very special guest coming in next week, that'll be great to talk to. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you want to subscribe or leave a comment about our podcast on one of your favorite platforms, Apple or Spotify, that really helps us out. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, you can do so for $3.99 a month at theathletic.com slash no sleep till Belmont. We'll catch you again next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.